Well, this morning we uh, will be looking at God's Word, and as we do so, I'd invite you to turn with me, and, and I'd encourage you to keep it open as well. So if you have to open it on your screen or on your phone or, or in your hand, I, I would certainly encourage you to take your Bibles and to, to hold it in hand. We, we recognize the helpfulness of this. It's helpful to, to etch this in our mind and, and also to, to have a place marker in mentally. Um, we're going to be reading from John 6. John 6. Now we're going to begin reading with verse 22. Um, there are several miracles that have preceded this occasion. Uh, there was the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then also Jesus uh, crossing the sea and meeting the, the disciples in the midst of the sea. But then they came to the other side. They arrived at their destination and and the next day, the crowds are coming to find Jesus again. And as they do so, uh, that's where we pick up our reading. So we'll begin reading with verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. So there's this whole crowd that has been fed by Jesus. They're wondering where he is. They hear he's on the other side, and they go to find him. Then we pick up with verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them. Notice Jesus doesn't always answer their questions. He doesn't always answer our questions. And yet what he says is absolutely vital for our relationship with him. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him... God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. 
For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They will all be taught, of God, taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because, the because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? And what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no hope at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered him, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, 
for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. This morning we're going to begin a series in John that looks at Jesus' I am sayings. And, and we recognize that, that being a Christian, being a Christian is, is about our soul's union by faith with Jesus Christ as our Savior. That we know him and we trust him. And while it's a spiritual relationship, it's something that, that resides in us, it's, it's our mind, our will, and our emotions that are, emotions that are caught up with him. It's a spiritual relationship, but it's also personal. And in this personal relationship, we need to follow Jesus, not our ideas of Jesus, not our thinking of, of what he can do for us, but to listen to him. See, this was the danger of the Jews. They, they followed Jesus who could magnificently multiply the, the bread. But, but even as they'd experienced that, that amazing sign, they, they wanted more. They wanted a, a Jesus who would measure up to their standards rather than listening to Jesus' standards. They didn't have a, a personal relationship. And it, while it's a personal relationship, we must follow him according to his word. And, and to follow him means more than, than just following a, a set of moral principles, of adopting a, a moral standard. We're following a person. To follow Jesus means that we, we begin to show a family resemblance. We show this family resemblance and and uh, uh, this character, we show his work. And to show that work, and to show his resemblance, we must know him personally. And it's in that personal relationship that the Spirit works, and in a personal commitment to Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord, as our teacher, by his word, it's this, this personal commitment to him that the Spirit will use to, to powerfully shape our life, our view of life, our lifestyle, our view not only of life, but, but also our view of death, our view of our circumstances, how we can live with him and for him and in sickness and in health and prosperity and poverty, that all of these circumstances are designed sovereignly by God to, to show us and to teach us how to live in personal communion with Jesus Christ. And to accomplish that, we, we need to listen to these, these tremendously personal teachings of Jesus when, when he reveals particular aspects of who he is as our Savior. He says, I am the bread of life. Now, as we, we unpack God's word this morning, there's three things that I would like us to consider. The source, the serving, and the savoring of the bread of life. So the source, he's the bread from heaven. The, the serving, his death brings life. And, and the savoring, it, he's eaten by faith. And, and we're going to look at God's word. So I'd encourage you to keep it handy as we we listen to what Jesus is teaching about himself in uh, this 
revelation. And, and first of all, as we begin here this morning, the source of bread. Jesus' first focus in, in this revelation is, is found in, in, uh, in this, this revelation of verse 41. I am the bread that came down from heaven. It's the source of his work. It's the source of his being. It's the source of what he's come to do. He's, he's come from the Father. I'm the bread that came down from heaven. He's come down from the Father's throne room to, to now be with God's people. And it's the interaction with the Jews that, that teaches us what Jesus means by this fact that, that he is the bread that came down from heaven. His presence is, is something miraculous. It's not by, by common occurrence that Jesus has come from, from heaven to earth. It's, it's something miraculous. But, but the miracle we need to see is the wonder that the Father would give us his Son. This is something more miraculous than what God did in the wilderness with the provision of manna for Israel as they wandered through the wilderness. And yet Jesus uses this as, as an example how God magnificently sustained and provided for his people through their wilderness wanderings with, with a daily supply of bread in a miraculous way. Every day they could eat the manna. Every day they, they should recognize that, that God was using this to remind them and to teach them that they can trust him, that they can rely upon his word. Deuteronomy 8 reminds us of that, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives on every word that proceeds from the Lord. And God, by his word, had determined that when wilderness wanderings, God was going to provide daily the manna. This, in fact, was actually the, the boast, and, and it's supposed to be the boast of, of the people from Capernaum, the Jews from Capernaum. It is suggested in tradition that that this synagogue where Jesus was teaching had a, had a depiction of, of a, 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 a jar of manna that adorned their synagogue. As we go through these sayings of Jesus, we're going to see how Jesus uses something from, from what is going on in the celebration of the Jews to tie into how he's the fulfillment of everything. And the Jews are, are exceedingly puzzled by this as, as Jesus reveals that, that he is the bread from heaven. How can this be? Because they knew his father and mother. They knew Joseph and Mary. And Jesus reveals the source of bread. You might think you know my parents, but actually I have come to you, he says, from the father. I've come from my Father's dwelling place, from my Father's presence. I've come from heaven to earth to be the revelation of life for you. And so for you, people of God, to recognize Jesus, to know Jesus personally. You need to know where he's come from. You need to know the source of your your provision of food, of spiritual food, in the, the person and work of Jesus Christ. He has come to you. He's come to you as a gift from the Father. 
This is what Jesus is teaching. I have come. All that the, the Father gives me will come to me. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread from heaven. No one knows the Father except the one who has come from the Father. Don't you see I'm the gift? Just like God provided manna, even more spectacularly, God has provided the bread of life. But then there's this twist. For you see, Jesus is a gift from the Father. But Jesus also is saying, there is another gift that the Father has given. So Jesus is the gift that the Father has given to us, but, but Jesus is saying there's another gift that the Father has given and it is actually that he has given to Jesus. And this ties in so beautifully with what we've been looking at in the afternoons when we've been looking at the canons of Dort. Especially when we consider the, the doctrine and the teaching of God's word with regard to election. How the Father has from eternity chosen his children to be his own. But he's chosen them to eternal life and that life has come through Jesus Christ. An election includes that gift of Jesus Christ to the elect, but the gift to Jesus Christ of the elect. The Father has given a gift to Jesus. This is the gift of being a believer. This is the gift that the of the elect that, that Jesus, well, he doesn't say elect here. He refers to believers, all those who who come to me, he, he says in verse 35, and, and notice, or excuse me, verse 37, notice the language that he uses. All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Or again, verse 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. This is the will of the Father that he would give to the Son all those who believe in him. This is according to the goodwill of the Father, that all that the Father gives to me will come to me. Do you see the generosity of the Father? The generosity of the Father and the gift of the Son to save those who are lost in sin. But the gift of the Father that he's given to Jesus, believers. He gives believers to Jesus Christ. This is the wonder. There's, there's, this, there's, there's this amazing reciprocal relationship which, which we understand as the, the wonder of the covenant of grace that, that he gives believers to Jesus. And Jesus' point in knowing the source of the bread of life is, is to know this, this beautiful interchange between these two gifts. He, he gives Jesus for the believers and he gives the believers to Jesus. And the point of knowing the source is to find the security. The security that you have when you know where the bread of life has come from and why the bread of life has come. He's come for you. 
that those who, who come to Jesus, Jesus says, because you have been given to me by the Father, I will never, I will never cast you out. That those whom the Father gives, I will never lose. That those who, who belong to the Son are secure. That those who, who look to Him, who look to Jesus and believe in Him have eternal life. How powerful and how personal this, this source of bread is, knowing Jesus can be. So no matter what circumstance you have to live through, when you know and when you believe that the Father has given you the Son, then you also need to know and believe that the Father has given you to the Son. And though all hell should en endeavor to shake, though our conscience accuses us of having grievously sinned against all of God's commandments, we can rest assured no one no one can take us from the Son's hands because you have been given to the Son. It's this reciprocity, this, this gift of the Son to those who believe and the gift of believers to the Son that gives security, that gives confidence, that gives strength that gives certainty in all of life's circumstances. It's not from the government. It's not from medical technology. It's not from our technological savvy. It's from belonging to the bread of life, having eaten by faith the bread of life. That has come, that has come from the Father. That's the source. But now, secondly, Jesus continues the serving of the bread. The Jews immediately begin to grumble. They doubt the source. They doubt the source. They began to dispute among themselves. They began to grumble. We know his father and mother. Where in the world? How can he say that he's the source? And Jesus says, you must know not only the source of the bread of life, but you must also know the serving up of the bread of life that he's put on your plate for you to eat. You know, a while back, there was a, a promotional campaign in the, the rural areas about uh, a food program from gate to plate. And it's how you, you can trace your food from the farm to the, the serving in the restaurant or, or the serving on the dining room table. And I think that captures well the nuance of what Jesus is teaching here. We, you have to know the source that he is the bread that has come from heaven. He's been the gift of the Father, and so too have, have you who believe in him. You've been the gift to the Son from the Father. That's the gate, the origin. 
And, and it's catching on, isn't it? We, we want to know where our food comes from. Is it safe? Is it secure? And Jesus says, absolutely, because it's come from the Father. But then you have to have the plate. The serving up of the food. And that's the next lesson that, that Jesus teaches. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Jesus is saying here something, something better than the miracle of manna is being served on your plate. Something more significant, more profound, more amazing, more nourishing, more satisfying. As great as manna was, those who ate it, they all died. To understand uh, uh, what Jesus is saying here and to, to understand the the wonder of what he's revealing. We, we need to go back to verse 47. In verse 47, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. The summary of what Jesus has taught about the source of life from the Father, he says, Truly, truly, I am the bread of life. Again, verse 48, I am the bread of life. I have come from the Father. But now listen to verse 51, and in verse 51, there's a change. So, so Jesus is the bread of life. But notice what Jesus says in verse 51. Now he says it a little bit differently. So that's the, that's the gate, the, the source. Verse 48. But then verse 51, I am the living bread. Jesus doesn't say again, I'm the bread of life. He now says, I am the the living bread. And then there's this condition. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. You see what's on your plate? It's the very person of Jesus. So profound is this, is this reality, so profound is this revelation of, of what Jesus is doing and serving it up that he, he summarizes it this way in verse 53, and it, it's understandable, but he says it this way, truly, truly, again, he emphasizes, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Jesus knows precisely the sacrifice that he has to make in order to provide you with life. For you to live, he has to die in order to provide you with life. For you to live, he has to die. For you to, to feed upon him. He has to sacrifice himself. His flesh and his blood need to be sacrificed to pay for your sins and to atone for your judgment. Jesus knows that he's going to go right to the end, right to the cross, and he's going to give himself fully and finally for your salvation. And when you feed, that's why he doesn't call himself the dying bread. He actually refers to himself as the living bread. He is the source of life for sinners who are overwhelmed by death. 
And again, Jesus wants to assure us as he, he shows who he is as the bread of life. And now as the living bread, he wants to show us the security that is found in being served this living bread. You will live forever. This is a comprehensive work. And Jesus refers, the bread that I give will, will, will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And how comprehensive it is. He, he doesn't say this, this is just for the, the, the life of the Jews. It's for the life of the world. Jesus doesn't have this, this close-sighted, near-sighted, myopic vision that, that if his audience doesn't receive him, his work has failed. In fact, what Jesus is saying is going to provoke many to leave him because his saying is too difficult for them. But he goes forward assured of the Father's purpose that, that the Father has given to him from every tribe and nation and language and people believers. And they will have life in the world. And this notion of of the world is, is also the whole created order the, and the curse of creation from the fall of Adam and Eve in paradise. This curse of creation as a result of man's sin that envelops the world, that, that causes us now to, to have to live in isolation because of a pandemic that's afflicting the world. This curse is being peeled back and overcome by the serving up of the Son of Man. It's almost like we're we're back at the, the the tree with Adam and Eve in paradise. And there it was, don't eat or you will die. And here it's just the opposite of that. Eat and you will live. Christ has come as the covenant head. Christ has come to secure life through his work, through his obedience through the serving up of his body, of his blood. And the curse is being overcome by the sacrifice of his life and his death. And because it has been given once and for all, you can rest assured in his life. How comforting this is at the graveside, or when we receive the news of our own imminent death, that we can be assured, no, Jesus is the living bread. He's come to give life to those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. And this living bread is such that if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Well, then thirdly, we need to consider how do we savor? How do we eat this bread? How do we feed upon this bread? How will you feed on Jesus? And Jesus says it very clearly. You do this by faith. You do this by believing in Jesus Christ, by looking to him as your substitute, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who received what you deserve so that he might give 
what he has secured. Where does this faith come from that feeds on Jesus? Well, it comes from the triune God, from the Father, from the Son, and from the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in, in verse 47, in verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever feeds on me, faith lives because of the Son. Whoever feeds on me has eternal life, or whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. So it comes from the Son. Faith lives because of the Son. But faith also lives because of the Father. Verse 65. As we go on to verse 65, this is why I told you that no one comes to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Sometimes this is, this is election and this, this notion of election is so restrictive. It, it's regarded as restrictive. Who's going to come unless it's been granted? But notice it's a gift here. This isn't restriction. This is very open-ended that whoever has been given by the Father to the Son, they will certainly come to him. He's been given by the Father. It's the goodness of the Father's will that is the source of life. Don't take what the Father has served up on your plate and throw it back in his face and say, it's no good for me. Turn to the Father and ask him, draw me to your Son. That is the only Food that will bring life to your soul. Oh, how good the Father is. Comes from the Son, comes from the Father, comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will take these words. It is the Spirit who gives life, Jesus says, in verse 63, the Spirit will take these words and plant them deep within your soul so that you can savor and you can enjoy and you can be refreshed and nourished and live secured by the bread of life. So that you know and you follow Jesus. This is why a personal relationship with Jesus Christ brings the power to show this family resemblance. How will you feed on Jesus? Look to the triune God and then take Jesus at his word because of the word that he has spoken and the words he has spoken. Verse 63 again, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. John 6 verse 29 reminds us, what is the work that God wants us to do as a result of knowing who Jesus is as the bread of life? This is the work of God. Believe the one whom he has sent. So you too, people of God, like Israel, like, like the Israelites, every day eating manna, take in God's word every day. Feed your soul through his word on Jesus Christ. Even in the Old Testament, he's there. He's there in the promise and fulfillment of the covenant with sin and, and man's horrible responses. And yet there's always redemption and grace by God's intervention. And in those times, you see the coming of Jesus Christ in promise and fulfillment. But as we conclude this morning, 
There's that magnificent testimony of Peter. Peter says it most beautifully. After the disciples, some of his disciples were no longer walking with Jesus. It was too much. They wouldn't follow him. They left him. Jesus says, do you want to go away too? And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to know and believe that you are the Holy One of God. And there's this glimmer of personal recognition that shines through. We believe and we know. May these words be on your lips. And where they are on your lips and in your heart, we know and believe that you are the Holy One from God. You can follow. You can feed. You can savor because of the source that you have been given to Christ. Let that be your personal assurance. May God help us then in knowing Jesus to live with and for him.